Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's a mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't devour him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Thank you so much 
this is the greatest night for wrestling, other than Monday Night Raw. And uh, this is uh, Pancakes Power Slams. Yes, sir. Uh, and just uh, just a minor, you know, geographical technicality. You know, Bangkok is in Thailand, so you know, you, you made both of them a little bit different, but it, it's okay. We'll, we'll we'll let you pass on this one here. You know, there's, just refreshing. You know, you've been Thailand, out of high school Colorado. for a while. In Colorado, <laughs> yeah. there's a little city called Thailand. Uh, that's what I was talking about. Oh, you were talking about the one in the in the states. Oh, okay, okay. I, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. I, how in the world can I miss that? Well, I don't know. I, you know, you kind of get silly sometimes. Uh, yeah, but anyway, you're, you're absolutely was, right. Uh, if you're on Mars, you're seeing the pancakes and power slams. Absolutely, and you know we're we're three years strong, three years plus strong. We got some interviews coming up here in the coming weeks. And I'm just excited about uh, just all the interviews that we ha- uh, have coming and and all the interviews that we had, especially last week, man. Jesse Sorensen, of course, um, just swarming the uh, Internet scene at the Internet, and, and as he calls the dirt sheets and, you know, as, as uh, the journalist, as myself calls, you know, wrestling sites. Either way, it's it's one and the same, and I'm really happy that um, the interview last week with Jesse Sorensen got a, an opportunity to spread pretty pretty much. I mean, you know, like wildfire. Got um, I, I I don't know how many reads it has now. I think like the first day or two, it's um, it, it got over ten thousand reads. Uh, Bleacher Report, so I'm sure it's uh, higher than uh, much higher than that now. I, I haven't even checked. Uh, since last week, so yeah, I it, it's good stuff, man. Uh, report on major wrestling sites, and I really want this guy to to make it. I want him to make it uh, in, in the NXT. And, I, and like I said before, it, it wasn't. I mean, I didn't say that just to say it. I really think that Jesse Sorensen has uh, a lot of potential, and I wasn't happy the way that uh, you know he left. Or he was released from from TNA, and it's 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 sad. And you know, I'm glad that he had an opportunity to rebound, and now he's with a very awesome upstarting promotion, Paragon Pro Wrestling. And uh, you know, kudos to kudos, kudos to Jesse Sorensen and and all of his endeavors. And so we got some interviews coming up um, in, the, in the coming weeks. And today we're going to talk about Payback. We're going to talk about Raw, which I thought was a pretty good episode, actually. And uh, it really, it was a pretty complete episode that I, I really liked, and we'll talk about that. And then, of course, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Elimination Chamber. You know, is all of the Elimination Chamber, um, are the picks right? You know, is, is it something that's... Uh, uh, they got wrong. Is something they got right. We'll talk about that. And of course, uh, we'll we'll relive the first six years of the Elimination Chamber. We haven't uh, done uh, throwback reliving uh, flavor of the week topics in a while, but today we'll relive 2002 to 2008 of the Elimination Chambers. And speaking of that, uh, this is just a random trivia question to start start off. 
who was the first, who was the very first Elimination Chamber winner? I might have asked this before, but uh, it's been a while. So who was the very, very first Elimination Chamber winner? And ladies and gentlemen, I'd also like to announce the uh, WeAreWrestling.net has now evolved into WAWNation.com. Uh, just, I mean, just the, the, the couple of years, the year and a half that um, um, this this site has been in effect, it's growing astronomically. It's, it's just, I'm just really, really impressed by. Um, just the growth that the site has, and I'm so glad that I was able to, and still am, uh, you know, able to contribute with the growth, and uh, I'm really happy to to be affiliated with uh, WAWNation.com, formerly we are Wrestling.net, and uh, you know, it's it's expanding to not only wrestling because we are wrestling, absolutely, uh, but just also giving you some some some. Uh, MMA uh, up-to-date news as well, so uh, be sure to um, be sure to commentate on, on that and be sure to check that out. Speaking of MMA, uh, Chow Sonnen uh, is uh, going to commentate Global Force Wrestling, and just a couple of uh, topics we're gonna we're gonna hit before we get to to the payback talk. Man, Derek, how about Scott Hall? Uh, relapsing and just getting crazy drunk at an indie show. And because of that, him signing with GFW, just it's it's done now. He was a roster member. I don't know how it was going to be used. I would imagine some type of authority role but or some type of backstage agent or some type of role in that sense, but... He's no longer on the roster, and um, just uh, and it's sad because he decided to leave Jake Roberts' account, uh, well, uh, DDP's accountability crib, and just really sad that uh, he he decided to make that decision again, and and uh, it's costed it cost him so much, you know, just like the other time, just like the years that he was addicted, and and it cost him so much again. He had he was doing so well, and uh, you know, became a WWE Hall of Famer and, you know, signed with uh, Global Force Wrestling. And because of an, another, you know, relapse and just the inability to to really slay that demon, um, you know, he, he's losing things once again. And I hope that uh, the stress and depression that, uh, caused him that you know that's that that comes with losing his opportunity to be in GFW. I hope that that doesn't cause him to go even further down, um, like he could potentially do. So I mean, I really wish the best for Scott Hall. Well, yeah, we all wish the best for him, but he's got to wish that for himself. I mean, doggone it! I we all remember the E60 thing on uh, ESPN they had you know, a couple of years back. Yeah. And yep. and it all over again, and we all want to get behind Scott Hall, the bad guy, Razor Ramon. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What else can you say? Either this is going to hurt his chances for almost anything else. 
in wrestling. I mean, is, is the WWE going to want him to make guest spots like he did with Hogan at WrestleMania? Are we going to bring this guy on the biggest stage of wrestling and just have him get wasted and make a fool of himself and our brand? No. And it's, no. I'm not the judge, jury, and executioner, but, you know, it's, something's got to give. And if DDT can't do it, who can't? Yeah. But uh, it's a shame. It's sad. But I'm always a Scott Hall fan. I'm always going to be a Scott Hall, but uh, it's more so than the Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, and yeah, you're right. You know, we're not that role. You know, uh, we're just not. But um, you know, and you know, the only thing I can do as a strong man of God, you know, I I can pray for him, and um, that's what I'm going to do. I, I I wish him the best, and I really, really hope, man. That uh, I don't know if it's I don't know if it was just people he was around. I don't know if it was just spur of the moment, but. You know, I I know. You know, I have a, a family. Um, I've been surrounded in my life with with people who um, have had drug and alcohol addictions, and so I'm very very familiar with just um, the ability that it has to lord over your life. And uh, yeah, I, I really I really really wish the best for this guy. You know, and I really hope that he doesn't make the yeah, I remember, you know, a few years back when I was reporting things about him and just the uh just the house shows that he was at and just how he was slurring and, and, and being escorted by, you know, security and just uh and, and just made such an amazing transformation with his hip uh replacement surgery raising I believe it was eighty thousand dollars to I mean from, from our money, you know, to uh, get to hip surgery and and you know, just just the uh, the ability to rebound away from that stuff was was really awesome. So um, I just pray that it's just a, a minor dip, and uh, he'll he'll come back, you know, strong and swinging. And then finally, uh, and of course we we uh, report these things uh, throughout the week uh, on we are wrestling uh, on on the Crave Wrestling Facebook page and also wawnation.com. Um, and I think we're going to bring that. We used to do this a couple of years ago, probably two and a half, you know, closer to three years ago. Uh, we would have this week's news, and like Derek says, ninety minutes is never enough. We have so much to cover. But I think I'm going to, um, you know, for the sake of our listeners who are very loyal and uh, and and quite a few, and I'm so happy. Just in case you missed a couple of things, a couple of reports uh, throughout the week. I'll, I'll uh, do that. And another one, just one more I want to uh, just make note of is uh, the Stone Cold Podcast is coming back to the WWE Network. And there were there been talks throughout the, the weeks that uh, Stone Cold and Vince McMahon had kind of a falling out and uh, some, some disagreements with some things. And that's one of the reasons why Jericho uh, came with his podcast, which, you know, everybody knows I'm a Jericho mark, but his podcast um couldn't hold you know Austin's jock strap you know on the WWE network Austin's podcast with Vince and Vince and um uh Triple H was awesome both of them were um and you know Jericho's with Cena and and Stephanie was a lot more kayfabe than 
Austin. You know, Austin doesn't care. You know, Austin's like, I'm gonna tell you how. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell it like it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot you straight, and I'm gonna ask you the hard hitting questions. Jericho's podcast was more of a story type thing. You know, let's just recap a bunch of you know stories, which has its place, but not you know not for our audience that already watched it over three hours of uh, Raw, and we got you know we're going to watch another hour. You got to keep us up. Uh, and, and Jericho's came uh, after his Stephanie came after SmackDown, so that's still two hours. And you have to keep us up for another hour. It needs to be pretty compelling. So I'm happy uh, that that Austin's coming back, and it's going to be Heyman on June the first. So that's going to be awesome. And then he's also and there's also been uh, breaking news that uh, um, Sting, Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker are three future guests on the podcast. So it's going to be I'm very excited for that. That's going to be excellent, and it's Y2J's. Again, I'm a Jericho holic. I love Chris Jericho, but his podcast sucks. Hey, this wasn't that yeah. uh, very exciting. Stone Cold, like you said, he just doesn't care. And uh, ask anything. I love Paul Heyman's going to be on there. There's going to be a lot of inside ECW talk, I think, on Brock Lesnar yeah. talk. CM Punk will probably be brought up a few times. And yeah. uh, it's it's going to be absolutely exciting. What's he going to ask Hulk Hogan? He's always been compared to Hulk Hogan. As far as, you know, what's popularity, he's the most popular wrestler in the WWE history. And mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan knows how to bring aggression out of people and frustration and, you know, just very good questions. Where Jericho is yep. more relaxed. And, hey, there's your dad earlier. What do you think of him? Was he a nice guy? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so cold, just exactly. like yeah, Vince is over there. Give him the middle finger, drink a beer, and proceed to ask questions. So it's, I'm, I'm very happy about that. That's going to, I'm going to watch it for sure, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, good stuff there. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, payback, and of course, www.wawnation.com live stream as we are all the time every week. Uh, great comments already uh, toward the Scott Hall. Uh, it says that uh, drinking drugs and gambling, I've been addicted to them all. You have to want to stop. Uh, hats off to you. Um, you, um, yeah, you know, that's awesome. And that's awesome, awesome uh, advice. Just real short and simple advice that I, I totally agree with. So great stuff there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, payback, payback, payback. Uh, starts off with our truth defeating Stardust, um, the pre-show, and this was totally unannounced. So I, mean, I really don't, I really didn't understand the the point of that. Um, but you know, they they've been having some few, they've been feuding the past few weeks, so. You know, it makes sense. Uh, it was one, you know, I think our truth won one time, and then uh, Stardust won another time with the whole pulling out the fake spiders thing, and and so our truth wins this time. I, I don't know, and I was, you know, talking to some colleagues today, and I, I believe I was talking to uh, I, I was Ryan and I were were wrestling, chatting all day today, and um. It's funny because I was talking about the participants, 
And there's something about R Truth that I'm just loyal to. I'm a loyal R Truth fan. I don't uh, probably because I remember when he was K Quick. We getting rowdy about to move some things. Uh, I mean, that was awful. <laughs> that was absolutely awful when he was teaming up with Road Dog, and just the evolution of his character just became he he finally got some type of identity that worked and you know he became ron the truth killings he was the first black nwa world heavyweight champion i mean the (laughs) as long as the nwa world championship has been in existence you know that is a, a a monumental achievement to have uh you know to be the first black ever NWA World Heavyweight Champion, and that's a that's a title that's been around longer than any title that we can think of. So yeah, I mean, I was a fan of of Killings when he was in TNA, and you know, kudos to TNA because TNA really did a fantastic job with uh, uh, just kind of evolving uh, Ron Killings, and you know, 1948 was the first. um, NWA World Champion Orville Brown, followed by uh, someone who we we know very well, Lou Thais, Thais Press, Thais Press, uh, and and yeah, for all of that time, 1948, I believe it was like oh two or oh three that uh, Killings won the first, yeah oh two, so you're talking uh, what quick math there, 64 years or 54 years. Um, you know that 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 someone uh, that, it, that it took before before Ron Killings to uh, you know to to win uh, an African American to win the, the NWA World Championship. So uh, that's awesome. Um, you know they gave it to to Brazil. You know back in in '73, but that uh, they, they didn't. You know, it was one of those things because it, it was it is it, an asterisk behind it. He they didn't, you know, he had he had the title for what about two and a half months, but they it was like something that went on. I'm trying to remember something because like Brazil was handed he was declared the champion, but um, they. Like Killer Kowalski, and, and but the NWA recognizes Buddy Rogers, um, that's Buddy Rogers reign all the way to Luthes, and so, um, you know, he wasn't a recognized uh champion, so you know, it wasn't until you know 2002 that an African American was the first recognized NWA world heavyweight champion, so. Kudos to to uh, Ron Killings, our truth to that. So I don't know. I guess that's where my loyalty lies. You know, in Ron Killings, he's a good hand. Um, I, I tweeted today. I, I believe that uh, uh, Ron Killings is like the uh, the new the new version of uh, Tito Santana. <laughs> I, I think he's like the '90s Tito Santana. Um, so yeah, uh, I was very happy to to see. I think he is is um, a good mid card hand and helpful to the mid card division. Uh, so you know it was a, it was a good way to start off payback. Um, 
there's nothing really going on, you know, between either one of them other than a few matches. And so I was okay with the match. It was impromptu, but at the same time, you know, it worked for me. It worked. It was great. And what was really bad was the second match with the Ascension and Sandow and Axel oh, and the Night Power. That was an absolute <laughs> abomination. I, oh. I get, There's no future for Sandow. There's no future for Axel. The Ascension, they shouldn't have a future. I mean, I mean this, the total, it would, I can't say anything to really express how bad I felt about it. I mean, that's too yeah. bad. I mean, Sandow, just, he, he's done. Yeah. Oh, man. I tell you, oh, man. And, and, and you're you're absolutely right about that because the, 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 the bad thing about that is that they had an opportunity to really do something with Sandow. He got so much. I mean, he was one of the most over people in the entire WWE during his time uh, with as Mizdow, you know, with Damian Mizdow, and it just it was just absolutely ridiculous that <laughs> that they decide to just take away all of that steam from Sandow and all of the build and just throw him into another macho into another you know parody gimmick. Absolutely ridiculous, and I, and and I was uh, you know I was with a, a buddy of mine, a good buddy of mine. We were watching it uh, at my place, and I, I, I looked at them and I said, "This right here is Monday Night Wars relived," because if you if you backtrack, you know, fifteen years. You remember these vignettes where you had the Nacho Man and the Huckster, and those two looked just like them. <laughs> so it was like, it, it not only was was horrible for Sandow and Axel, but it made me, it, it really reminded me of those Monday Night War vignettes that they would have with Billionaire Ted, and that's such a disgrace to both of their characters. Now, Axelmania, the whole Royal Rumble thing, the whole Royal Rumble thing got some steam behind it, but I mean, other than that, both of their characters are just absolute garbage. Sheamus defeating Dolph Ziggler, um, you know, it, it made sense that that Sheamus uh, and, and HBK. Good job. That's that is the answer to the uh, first trivia question. But yeah, it. Sheamus beating Dolph Ziggler made sense, um, and I, I, I believe that uh, they're trying to, you know, they're. It, I really think the writing's on the wall that they're going to give Sheamus in the kind of strap. I'm not a big fan of it. I, I don't think Sheamus. I mean, I, Sheamus is a very, very solid talent, but. I really think that they need to elevate the Intercontinental Championship like they're doing with the U.S. title, and I keep I keep saying or, Randy Orton should be the guy that should be Intercontinental Champion right now. He has the only other than John Cena, he has the only ability to really elevate the Intercontinental Championship to be the mid card title that it should be, and I think him being champion is the perfect way 
And we'll get we'll get into this later as far as Intercontinental Championship uh, people in the chamber. But it's a perfect way to really put someone over and to make the next Intercontinental Champion more credible. Just imagine if, if Orton was champion, you can have Orton Ambrose at, at SummerSlam. You can have Orton Neville at SummerSlam. There's so many things that you could do with Orton being champion. But, you know, Sheamus may be the guy. He's just going to, you know, whoever beats Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship, that's not really going over too much because Sheamus isn't a huge name. You know, he's just not, and he's not going to really elevate the championship. You know, he's a he's a decent hand to have it on, but he's not really going to elevate the championship like they really should do. So his match, you know, his, his win against Ziggler, it made sense. It's getting him some heel steam, um, but it was it was a solid match. It was a solid match, and it's you know you're right. You put the strap on Sheamus; it's not going to do anything. I mean, he's been there what four or five years now, and it's taken that long for him to come this far and just be a solid performer. They've got no plans for long term plans for Sheamus. To put the belt on him is just is absolutely going to do nothing. I mean, it would be great to put the belt on RKO. That would be absolutely awesome. However, I mean, he's been champion so many times. I don't know if they're going to do that again like they did with Cena, make him U.S. title. Even though he's brought the U.S. title a lot, are they going to do that with Randy Orton? I I don't see it. I mean, that would be a great analogy. Dolph, I thought, was a great international champion. Again, beating him doesn't really elevate the next guy. So if there's such right. a stalemate with it, and you know, there's a solution. I like what you got to say about Randy Orton. I don't know if I could see him going along with that or them going period. They probably want to keep him in the heavyweight scene. But they've just got so many people that are just kind of heavyweight, too good for the Intercontinental Championship, but not really. But what if it's just this point? I mean, it's actually interesting, this point in wrestling. Yeah. Yep. Next trivia question. Who has held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship for the longest combined days? Who has held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship for the longest combined days? Next we have New Day versus uh, Kid and Cesaro. New Day with the victory in two out of three falls. Um, I really, I tell you what, this is probably the best feud going on right now. I, I'm a huge fan of uh, New Day versus Kenneth Cesaro. Now, this feud, you can tell a feud works when it elevates both competitors or all competitors. This feud, the past few months, has really elevated both Kenneth Cesaro and the New Day. Now, when Kenneth Cesaro won the tag team titles from a Mark, you know, perspective, from a smart perspective, from a diehard wrestling perspective, you know, many people were happy that that happened, you know, with Kid and Cesaro and they were heels. It would look, it seemed a bit abrupt, but both of them earned, you know, a tag team title run because of the hard work that they've put in. However, they really, they still really didn't have much identity. They didn't, you know, they were awesome they were they were awesome wrestlers uh, individually, but they didn't really have the cohesion 
that they should have had as as a as a uh, as a championship team. But now, I mean, they are very they're very gelled and they're awesome awesome you know, I suppose that they're a babyface team now since the New Day is, you know, full-fledged heel now undoubtedly, which is awesome, very organic. And similar to the New Day, you know, Kid and Cesaro is the two athletically talented people that can go with the with the Kofi Kingston or the brute, you know, strength but still agility of of Xavier or a Big E and just the um you know just the the athletic you know ability of Xavier Woods the, from a psych, from a ring psychology standpoint I really really like this feud I think it's an amazing feud and it really did a, a fantastic job of elevating both of them and I really think that it, you know if there was feud of the year you know, as far as Slammy is concerned, this is it. This is the feud of the year as far as really helping the both of them. And I liked how they really embarked the Freebird rule and had Xavier Woods get the fall, you know, and get the pin at the 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 at the last, you know, fall. I think that that was a very smart, just a little, just a little things that really help with the overall psychology of a match. And that's one of them. Very, very good. Major kudos to all of these matches. And I'm very happy that the New Day retained because they are one of the hottest commodities in the WWE right now, hands down. They've been doing great, hands down. And I love the old switcheroo. I mean, that was an absolute mind-blowing thing to do. Not Mind-blowing. I mean, they've been in the past. Not so much New Day, but other tag teams and you had demolition, had three members, and he had uh, the wild. Then he had the free birds, and of course, the bad street. And so it's just, uh, it was great. I liked it. I like New Day. They've really grown on me, especially since their heel turn. I've seen a lot of people, you know, really uh, turn into being New Day fans because of the heel turn. Personally, right. I mean that's absolutely awesome. And you have Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. I mean, they're an awesome team for those two to go against. Um, happy for the at the moment, and uh, these can't really have a bad match with these guys, and that's obviously just going to keep it going and creating uh, more excitement to this feud, and it shouldn't get stale. And New Day are just going to keep going up, man. I'm excited for it. wrestling yeah, yeah. fans should be too. Absolutely, absolutely. Got an awesome, um, <clears throat> awesome comments here on the. Uh, on the uh, live chat, the Real Wrestling live chat. Completely agree in terms of the tag teams. This feud made me invest in tag team wrestling again on the WWE main roster. New Day are on fire right now, as you've said. Very true. And and I think probably my favorite comment of the night so far is Xavier Woods is the Buddy Roberts of New Day. I love that comment. That is absolutely true. Absolutely true. And you know what's so what's so amazing about that comment to me is because just the kind of the personality traits that you can see with Xavier Woods and Buddy Roberts. I remember when, you know when Buddy Roberts was in World Class, he was called the Toast of the Coast. Uh, Mark Lawrence, the commentator, the the ring announcer, Mark Lawrence, would say the Toast of the Coast, Buddy Roberts. And what was so interesting was when he was feuding with. 
uh, the Von Erichs is when he had the hair versus hair match, and he had to get his hair shaved, and he wore the the, the you know the wig with the the wrestling you know uh, headgear, and just awesome. Just just his heelish antics were were awesome, and uh, and it, it yeah very very good parallel there. Awesome comparison, Xavier Woods and Buddy Roberts. I, I totally agree. Great comparison. Like I was saying, you know, you got three in a tag team that makes uh, makes a very interesting twist. And uh, of course, you got the Von Erichs. There's like five of those guys. I think there's only one yeah. now, but uh, that's, a, that's a different story. But I like to see. I mean, it's just creativity at its best, and just to really throw the crowd and really just you know make a, a win into something that they cheated, but you know it makes sense. It makes sense. It's what's best for business. <laughs> so I'm happy with it. And again, that was it was a really great. Uh, it was a great opening to, uh, to payback. And uh, yep. anyway, what's next for payback? It was, honestly, payback was a decent pay per view. I think the main event was probably one of the best main events I've seen in a long time. Really. Interesting. I think it was a I think it was a heavy spot fest. I did like a few spots in there. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We may have differing opinions. I mean, I didn't think it was horrible, but we'll, we'll get to that. Next trivia question is: Who was the last world champion in the Universal Wrestling Federation? Who was the last world champion in the UWF? Bray Wyatt defeating Ryback. Um, I did not like this idea because you know understand that you want to protect Bray Wyatt still um, I understand that but at this point Ryback has more steam than Bray Wyatt has and Ryback is the one that needs to get the wins and you know he's getting the feed me more his mic work is Oh my goodness! Leaps and bounds. It's not. It's, it's still not awesome, but his mic work has improved leaps and bounds. I remember when he was shooting against CM Punk. Oh man, it, it would. It was cringeworthy. It was cringeworthy to hear him on the mic. And he was when he was feuding with John Cena. Same same thing with him when he was feuding with Cena. Uh, when, his, uh, when he turned heel, cringeworthy mic work, but. Definitely has evolved uh, so so much, um, you know. With I don't know if it's uh, well. We, I, I I'm almost done with JTG's book and uh, <laughs> promo classes taught by Vince McMahon himself. I don't know if they still have it. By the way, I have to I have to give a plug. We'll talk about that next week. JTG's book, but uh, I got to give a plug to that book. I I don't use profanity, but. It's uh you know D the 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 curse word D why did I write this book and uh, you know go get it it's uh it's an awesome uh, juicy interesting uh, book of storytelling easy read um, it's it's a very informal style uh, read so you'll get into it and you'll you'll laugh out loud and just the stories that he that he's told um, is is awesome I, I'm. Probably probably have about fifteen or so pages left, uh, but yeah, it's 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 a really really fun fun book, and 
uh, Vince McMahon, he he talks about a lot of people actually, but uh, you know he he did say that Vince McMahon, you know, he teaches promo classes and he he went to a promo class before and so, you know, I don't know if he still does that, if Vince still does that, but uh, he, Ryback has went to somebody's class um, because he's definitely improved. Uh, Ryback. He, he's 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 the one that's getting the steam. You know, why are you going to have him lose? And we'll, we we even, we'll even talk about Raw as far as even more. But I don't think that Ryback should have lost that match. If you would have just had some type of screwy finish, I think that would have been better than Ryback taking the pin. Because, and, and, I mean, as you saw, Ryback is in the chamber and Bray Wyatt is just kind of sitting out. Um, we didn't see Randy Orton on Raw, and you know Bray Wyatt's not in the Intercontinental Title match, and there's been rumors of a possible Orton versus Bray feud. Uh, I would be okay with that, but at the same time, if you you have to think about this, like you know, is is Bray Wyatt's character so damaged that? He really, I mean, this is really all we're going to see with him. You know, he has a good character. He has awesome mic work. But is this really it? You know, is there a ceiling right now in his character as a heel? I mean, okay, so, yeah, so what? He beats Randy Orton. Randy Orton, you know, was on the losing end of a Seth Rollins feud. And if he comes right back and becomes on the losing end of a Bray Wyatt feud, what does that really do to Bray Wyatt? And so I don't I don't think that I don't think that Ryback should have took a clean pin here. I'm not a big fan of that, uh, only because you're pushing Ryback, and if Bray Wyatt loses, you still have Rowan and Harper, who is not you know as we saw in Raw is not in the tag team uh, elimination chamber, so you can tease the reformation of the Wyatt family to try to completely devour Ryback. If Ryback would have beat Bray Wyatt, we would have saw uh, some teasing of the Wyatt family, you know, renewing, and then we could have done it that way. But, no, a clean win, it really didn't mean much. It didn't mean anything for either one of these individuals. None of them, you know, Wyatt shouldn't have lost, and Ryback shouldn't have lost. It's like... Neither one of them could really afford a loss, and Ryback got the short end of the stick. And so Bray Wyatt sits back and does whatever they're doing. I mean, Bray Wyatt's notorious for having the biggest build that you've almost ever seen, and it yes. absolutely would be a flop. The same thing with Ryback. He's got the biggest yeah. build behind him. It's, oh, my gosh, Godzilla's coming, and it's Ryback. Yeah. Neither one of them could really – they promised the world and they deliver Kentucky. It's nothing really, nothing against Kentucky, but I'm just saying compare her to a little small piece of land. However, it, they neither one of them could afford a loss. Ryback happened to lose, so he's almost, again, Ryback just almost a fart in the wind. I mean, this is, that's what they're aiming for him to be. Same thing with Bray Wyatt. I mean, they're not compelling characters anymore. And it's, I don't see much going on with them. Okay, Ryback's in Elimination Chamber. Whoop-de-doo. That does yeah. nothing for me. Ryback's name on the yeah. billboard doesn't make me want to go buy a ticket. Same thing yeah. with Bray Wyatt. 
and the and the sad thing about that is that they can. I mean, they they really got something going. This is the most steam that we've seen from from Ryback. I mean, Ryback is getting legitimate, you know, support, and it's so and it's so sad and it's so ridiculous, you know, that they are they are deciding, you know, to still kind of halt, you know, his push. It's it's, it's ridiculous and great point here. Ryback, you know, Wyatt and Ryback equals creative had nothing for them filler feud. Another comment says I like Ryback more than Wyatt. Wyatt's promos are boring, and he isn't good in that ring. I think Ry- I think Bray Wyatt has a unique style, um, you know, that that could work with with certain people. Um, you know, we, we we've seen throughout his throughout all of his opportunities to actually become a main eventer. I, I was sharing this with a buddy of mine this weekend. Just think about all the people that Bray Wyatt has feuded with. Uh, he started with Kane, who's a future shoe-in, future Hall of Famer. Um, that really didn't go too much. And then he started feuding with uh, Daniel Bryan not too far after that, um, kind of Daniel Bryan, CM Punk type of thing. Um, you know, he got injured for a while, and so the Rowan and Harper uh, feuded against uh, CM Punk and and Daniel Bryan. And so, you know, he comes back, starts he feuds with Daniel Bryan, which was actually a pretty good feud. And then he feuds with and Daniel Bryan, you know, most likely a Hall of Famer and, you know, multi-time world champ. Feuds with Cena, who's the poster boy of the WWE. That feud was five months, still didn't do anything for him. Then he feuds with Chris Jericho, shoe-in Hall of Famer. They had a three-month feud. That didn't do anything. And so he just keeps going on and on and all these opportunities. Then he feuds with Dean Ambrose for three months. That didn't do anything. So he has all these opportunities to to actually make it to the main event status. And, and, I mean, the thing is, I don't care. People might disagree with me, and I don't care. But the problem is that Bray Wyatt has had so many opportunities to become a top guy, and he's not capitalized on them, and and that's really really sad about that that you know has happened. And so, you know, to be honest with you, I can take or leave Wyatt. I still think that he is he can be he can be a good part of the WWE. I just think that you know they need to. <laughs> it's not a matter of feuding with the right people because he's feuded with you know multi-time world champions just about every feud that he had. Um, but at this point, I, I would like a Brandy Orton versus Bray Wyatt feud for an Intercontinental Championship leading to SummerSlam. I think that that would be absolutely awesome for both of them. That wouldn't be a filler feud, and that would elevate the championship. There you go. There's there's your Intercontinental Championship elevation right there. Speaking of elevation, John Cena versus Rusev. Before we get into that, Great job, Dr. Death Steve Williams, one of my favorites, man. I was a huge Dr. Death fan, the Oklahoma Stampede. He uh, made me uh, – Dr. Death Steve Williams is one of the people who made me want to be a football player, man. I uh, played football, and uh, Dr. Death was one of the people who inspired me to, to do that and to be a big guy and, and, and play football. And just the Oklahoma Stampede and – how he would 
do a power slam, he would pick you up, run over to the ring post, hit you on the ring post, and then come back out and do a power slam. And Yeah, I was a huge Dr. Death fan. Next question, who was under the Mr. Wrestling 3 mask? Who was under the Mr. Wrestling 3 mask? All right, ladies and gentlemen, next, John Cena defeating Rusev. This was probably, well, not probably, this was the most predictable match. Uh, I would say Seth Rollins winning was very predictable, too. But John Cena versus Rusev, to me, was the most predictable match of the night. And I even said, I think I even said last week that we're going to see somehow Lana costing Rusev the match. That's exactly what happened. Um, there was, I said throw the towel, and I, I looked at some reports, and throwing the towel was actually uh, thought that it was actually discussed, and it actually was on the um, on the books until the very last minute. Uh, and then they also were was, was thinking about having uh, Lana like take her jacket off, and they said that uh, they don't want that until she becomes a full fledged baby face. And so they decided to, you know, do the whole I quit Bulgarian thing. So, you know, I think it was it was very <laughs> it was very predictable. And Rusev losing, you know, three consecutive pay per views to John Cena. What the heck is that all about? Hey, it's horrible. It's bad for Rusev. I mean, he lost on a technicality this time because uh, you know Lana threw in the or whatever, jacket, whatever. She just uh, basically ruined it for Rusev, and so he's got to uh, figure out a new way to make him look like a tough guy again. Uh, John Cena got the uh, nod in this deal. What's forward? What's next for uh, Rusev? I mean, is he going to keep continuing? Is he going to come back and say, I never really lost to you, and that's not fair? I I just, I really, it's kind of confusing to see I didn't expect him to win. I don't think anyone did. It's just one of those things. This is what's going to go on tonight. Whatever happens next, we'll uh, figure out what happens. Yeah. You know, John Cena, he has made the title interesting. But also, it's yeah. been interesting because he's been feuding with Rusev. But uh, eh, Cena knows what to do. He can, Cena can take a pile of dog crap and make it interesting. I mean, that's where he's at at this point now. So he can take a belt like the U.S. title and just make it the highlight of the night, which he's been pretty much doing on Monday Night Raw. It's good for Cena, for Rusev, not so much. Yeah, indeed. Steve Carino is the correct answer under the Mr. Wrestling 3 mask. Next question. what? Who was Cody Rhodes' first WWE Tag Team Championship partner? Who was Cody Rhodes' first WWE Tag Team Championship partner? Next, we have Naomi and Tamina defeating the Belly Twins. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Mayays, and yeah, I'm, I'm still not in. I'm, I'm still not buying into Naomi's heel turn. I'm, I'm just not. I think, and the thing is, I was, um, you know, talking to, uh, I was, I was talking about Naomi. Uh, to some to some friends to some colleagues and it, it I, I you know I was asked you know why is she 
you know, why did he decide to turn her heel? And, you know, it's because of AJ's retirement, this and that. And I would imagine that she probably wanted to turn heel just because she was a face for so long and she probably felt like there was a ceiling. But it's one of those things that if you are a heel, you're a heel. Like you're organically a heel and you play it well. I don't I don't really think that Naomi plays a heel very well. Like she does that weird laugh and she tries to she tries to elicit too much reaction from the crowd as a heel. If you're a heel, you're like Rusev. Rusev is a heel. Rusev is a great heel. You know, he'll throw some Bulgarian or some Russian to you, and you won't understand a word that he's saying, but you automatically think that it's bad, you know, because he does a fantastic job as a heel. And, you know, someone like Naomi, to me, I can really take or leave it. You know, Tamina always has this bodyguard, you know, role to her, and, you know, that's a ceiling in her career that she is known for being a a diva bodyguard. And so, you know, and then they just abruptly turned the Bella Twins baby face when they were, like, really, really slimy, nasty heels, and they have no explanation for turning them baby faces all of a sudden just because Naomi... It's you, you... To make... Naomi a heel for turning on a heel and so both Brie and Nikki are baby faces now it makes absolutely no sense and so just all of this confusion going on with the Divas division people already are not invested in the Divas division now NXT is an entirely different story NXT is, is phenomenal but from a WWE main roster standpoint, it's already confusing. You know, Natalia's a, a face for a while and then becomes a heel when Kid and Cesaro's a heel. And then Kid and Cesaro is kind of baby face now, so now Natalia's baby face. And then you got Naomi, who was a face turned heel. And now the Bellas are faces. And now you had Paige that come back on Raw who attacked the heels and the face. I mean, it's just too, too, way too confusing. How am I supposed to be invested in the Divas division that I don't know if someone's going to be... Uh, and great great point here. Naomi looks lost as a heel. She's awkward. Fantastic point. Enough said right there. Absolutely. Yeah, enough said. I mean, enough with the Divas. I mean, we, we spend too much time talking about Divas. 90 minutes is never enough. And then you just revealed that you were talking to a colleague about the Divas on your own personal time. Are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? Hey, I'm a, hey, I'm a pro wrestling journalist. I write for three major <laughs> pro wrestling sites, and so I really don't have a choice but to right, spend man. time talking about Divas uh, hesitantly, okay? Yeah. Hesitantly. Yeah, I, get it. I get it. That's cool. And the thing is with the Divas, it's every week is a whole brand new story. Anytime they step in the ring, it's a brand new story. Forget about what happened last week. It doesn't matter. Right. The belts are, are face now. Are you kidding me? They hated each other not too long ago. Brie was Nikki's slave. And it was, and now they're back to being twin sisters. We love each other, hug and kiss and all that right. weird stuff. Forget it. I mean, it's, again, every week is brand new. The WWE with the Divas cater to their e-show. The reality show, when it comes to Monday Night Raw, they give them five minutes to make it a horrible spot, and then they go back with whatever stuff they have. 
That's yeah. it. That's it. Exactly. That's the Divas Division in a nutshell. In a nutshell, exactly. Uh, next question: What year did uh, Brock Lesnar win the King of the Ring? What year did Brock Lesnar win the King of the Ring? Neville and King Barrett. Interesting finish here. It it, it really showed that they're not totally giving up on uh, on Neville. You know, he won by count out, so he, he technically won the match. And, you know, Barrett attacked him afterwards, but he ended up besting, you know, Barrett at the very end. So it seems like they haven't totally given up on Neville. Wondering why he wasn't in the Intercontinental Title uh, uh, Elimination Chamber. That was a very interesting you know, decision not to put him in. To be honest with you, I would rather have Neville in there than Dolph Ziggler. Uh, that's what that would be my preference. I, I really you know, Ziggler is a spot filler. I would rather seen you know Dolph Ziggler you know start up a feud with somebody else to to have a have a feud with. You know, uh, it seems like we're we're getting Rusev and Ziggler. Um, that may be okay. <laughs> that that may you know just because of Lana, but. I would rather I would have rather seen Dolph Ziggler have some type of random, you know, match, you know, against someone who's not in the um in, in the in the chamber match. I mean, there's heels just kind of <laughs> roaming around, you know, that's uh, still I mean, Bray Wyatt, you know, Bray Wyatt would have been a, a good person if you know, if they're trying to put Bray Wyatt over and have him, you know, get some steam, you know, Bray Wyatt and and Dolph Ziggler at Elimination Chamber, you know, and just a regular match would have worked. They they could have used SmackDown and and this Raw and next Raw and next SmackDown to to do something, you know, with that to 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 make that type of match. Uh but, you know, hey, I, I would have rather seen Neville. I think Neville would have been a um a good a good person in there. But honestly, man, it hurts me to say this because Neville, you know, I followed Neville when he was Pac in the Indies, an awesome, awesome, awesome wrestler, and he's, you know, man, the guy's in fantastic uh, shape too. And I remember when he was Pac, he was a, uh, I watched some matches uh, with him and AJ Styles, and he was a small fella. Um, during the the early days when he was Pac, and then yeah, I mean, he's made. <laughs> Man, he he's made such a physical evolution for sure. Uh so I think, you know, the size is, isn't necessarily the issue. I still, you know, he doesn't have charisma. I don't I, his you know, you can your your athletic ability can only take you so much. You know, you you're going to need some charisma to be the man. And I don't see much charisma with with Pac or with with Neville. Uh, even in NXT, you know, it was he was an awesome NXT champion. We kind of saw it for uh, we kind of saw it a little bit when he was feuding with uh, Sami Zayn. They were friends, but he kind of he kind of was teasing a heel turn uh, for a few weeks uh, down in NXT, uh, which could have you know possibly could have worked, could have put some layers on his character. But you know, yeah, we love to see Neville Russell. And that's really all we're going to get. So I don't see much any much coming from other than that. And that's the same. I mean, I, 
Neville makes it very exciting. I like the match between him and Barrett, and then Barrett just kind of walked away and had to count out. You don't see that hardly ever, that there's been a, a 10-second count out. So it was different. The match itself, I mean, Neville, I, I enjoy him. I like Neville, and he was great in NXT. I like to see him in the main roster. I kind of get what you're saying, where he doesn't really have charisma. He's just wrestling now. It seems like that's what a lot of people do. It's just they just go out there and wrestle. They have their ten minutes and then they're done. And then let's make way for the you know, John Cena's and the Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's like he's almost caught in the mix that just about everybody's in. If you're not in a headlining act. Yeah. Absolutely. And. Then we got Seth Rollins defeating Orton Reigns and Ambrose. Uses pedigree, which was a horrible-looking pedigree. Oh, goodness, that was absolutely horrible. Um, interesting match, though. I mean, you know, I will agree with you as far as just the the caliber of the match. It was really fun and exciting. I'll give you that. Um, but, you know, I would imagine that Ambrose would have ate the pin, but we saw that he, the reason why he didn't is because Elimination Chamber, he's going for the world title, which I'm sure that you're happy about. But, yeah, I mean, the the, the partial, you know, one-night-only shield reunion, it was it was a good it was a good spot to see. The triple power bombs and all that, and just the shield, you know, fist salute, and them kind of teasing it and looking at Seth Rollins as, you know, if, you know, they're just saying, hey, you know, you're the one that broke us up. You know, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna reform, you know, right now because you know you have other plans and just you know it, it was cool. Yeah, I liked it. Just the you know the double power bomb, not the triple power bomb, on Kane to to the first time didn't break the table and the second time did, and then just the kind of. Uh, just just kind of smirky <laughs> smirkiness that uh, Roman Reigns and Ambrose had before they got back in the ring and start fighting each other. I think, I think it was a it was a good match. Um, a lot of spots, just a lot of random spots. But at the end of the day, I think that uh, you know it, it was it was inevitable that Seth Rollins is winning. I'm just wondering how they're going to be able to wet our appetites for the next three months because at the end of the day we're we're most likely going to see Rollins Lesnar at SummerSlam. That's not until you know, three months from now. So you're just gonna from what it seems like they're just gonna throw random matches together for Seth Rollins to main event. I mean I we're seeing Ambrose at Elimination Chamber you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw, you know, Orton kind of, you know, another Orton-type thing or maybe some type of screwy finish uh, for Rollins and Ambrose that leads to another match at uh, at Money in the Bank, which I'll be at. I'm excited about that. So it just seems like – and then uh, after that, you know, you have Battleground. So you, you have, you know, three more pay-per-views – uh, Elimination Chamber, Money in the Bank, and Battleground before, you know, before Lesnar and Rollins. So how in the world are you going to fill those up and keep our interest? Well, just to set on the uh, the main event of last uh, last, well, 
well, I guess it was Sunday. I was going to say last night. It's a, the thing about it is everybody in that match had their spot. It was I don't like to say the word choreographed, but, I mean, you couldn't have asked for better of the participants that were in it. I mean, it was just everybody had their few moments in the sun. I mean, it was just it was put together so well. Loved it. I knew Rollins was going to win. What are they going to do the next three months? I mean, that's all inevitable, and nobody knows. Everyone sh- shrugs their shoulders. What are you going to do? You've got until August, until SummerSlam comes along. And yeah. you got, uh, you've got Paul Heyman will probably come out maybe mid-July to start teasing it. And you're not going to see any of that for a while. So you've got these, you know, Orton, Dean Ambrose is going to probably stay in the mix for a while. And, of course, Seth Rollins is always going to be there. Not Rollins, I'm sorry. Roman Reigns is always going to be there at the forefront. So you got to make something work. you just got to juggle these people for the next couple pay-per-views. Right. <laughs> With the WWE Network, they're going to have semi-pay-per-views, like Elimination Chamber. <laughs> it's getting too much, too much, too much, too much. Yes. But yeah, going forward, I don't know what they're going to do with the with the, with the, with the championship. They're going to keep it on Rollins, obviously, but you got to keep him fresh. you got to keep all this fresh, and that's going to be hard to do. You don't want to have the same main event at every pay-per-view for the next two months. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, good good comment here. You know, 2002 is the correct answer. Uh, good comment here talking about uh, Rusev Ziggler would be good. I mean, we saw a lot of Rusev Ziggler matches, just ran, ran regular matches, you know, on Raw and SmackDown before. You know, they, they have good matches. You know, I would just prefer, honestly, I would have been more intrigued if Lana would have done that to Neville. Um, because Neville is, you know, he, he's he's a fresh talent. You know, he's very over with the fan. I mean, Ziggler is too, but Neville is very over with the crowds as far as the athleticism standpoint, and it adds a layer to his character. It adds a layer to Neville's character. It shows some personality that we need to see with Neville. And Rusev versus Neville to me, if Neville and Rusev were both in the chamber, they kind of went at it and, we saw some Lana stuff going on with Neville and, and, and Lana before the chamber. I think that that would really be awesome. And if we saw Rusev Neville, you know, at a pay-per-view, you know, probably they'd both be in Money in the Bank, but something like a battleground. If they were if they fought against each other a battleground in, in July, I think that uh, that would have been an awesome Awesome way to really bring Neville some personality and add some layers to his character, you know, other than, you know, just coming out and, and wrestling. You know, he tried to cut a promo on Raw, but, yeah, it, it wasn't wasn't the best for sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, question on deck right now is, who did Bill Goldberg defeat to become w, WCW? U.S. champion. Who did Bill Goldberg defeat to become WCW world champion? Raw review coming up. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. WWE Raw, Richmond, Virginia. And uh, we started with the Authority in-ring promo interrupted by Sheamus and then Ryback. This leads to...
definitely putting both of them in a chamber, and Triple H books a match against each other. We talked about Sheamus and Ryback. I see money in this feud. I think this feud is, is an awesome idea. I like it. I remember when they were kind of battling it out uh, at the Royal Rumble a couple years back, and they both were baby faces. but I was like, man, I, I see money in this feud between Ryback and Sheamus. And just to have you know, them fight on Raw and have Ryback lose for two straight weeks was definitely not a good idea to me. Not a good idea. And they would be a perfectly matched uh, entity for each other. I mean, I would excellently draw money, especially for the mid-card. We gripe about the mid-card so much. But again, it seems like, the you know, what can each of them gain from, okay, Sheamus beat Ryback. Ryback beat Sheamus. What's next? That's a big question, Mark. Yeah. So, yeah, honestly, that's it. Yeah, I, I I agree. That's that's really it. Renee Young and, and Raven is the correct answer. Good job. Loads of trivia today. I get a lot of uh, yeah, get a lot of feedback throughout the week of how people love trivia. I love trivia too. So that's a perfect match between. Uh, pancakes and power slams and the we are wrestling uh live stream I, I i this is the reason why i love interacting with we are wrestling live stream and also you know blog talk radio we get uh, our chat our chat room loads up as well and blog talk radio and then of course tweeting at crave wrestling too but I'll tell you what man just the live stream interaction with we are wrestling is is awesome stuff and i appreciate you all um great job raven is the correct answer Next is who has the most TNA X Division title reigns? Who has the most TNA X Division title reigns? Renee Young interviews Neville. We talked about that. Uh, then we have some Bo Dallas. Now, what they're what it seems like they're doing is they seem they it seems like they're trying to give Neville some type of initial push. It's not a, not necessarily an initial push, but like I said, they don't want to totally tarnish his name. But it seems like we're done with Barrett and Neville. And, you know, Neville went against Barrett. Barrett won. And then looks like we're transitioning into, you know, the NXT feud of uh, last year or a couple years back. Um, Bo Dallas and... Neville, um, I, Bo Dallas has not been any person relevant in quite some time, but I suppose that, you know, it makes Neville, Neville gets a win, Neville wins a feud, so I guess it still doesn't make him look weak, but I'm, I'm really not interested in Bo Dallas versus Neville, and it seems like this is totally to not just bury Neville already. It's not going to bury Neville as much as it just will Bo Dallas and keep him irrelevant. You don't want to give that to Neville. I mean, he's got he's got heat behind him as far as just push this guy to the top. Maybe not so much the top, but doggone it. I just, I'm tired of seeing these people that they just push and make awesome promos. Get behind him, Neville, the guy that defies gravity or gravity for God. Sir Isaac Newton has nothing to do with Neville, but... Let's keep it to the point where it's Neville, he's exciting. You want to see him. You want to see him perform. You want to see him overcome. And they just they bury these people. And, I mean, you've seen that. Again, we can bring up Bray Wyatt and Ryback and 
probably 400 other great examples of someone that I just absolutely bury. But um, yeah. the point with Bo Dallas, yeah, it's an NXT almost, uh, what can they do on the big stage? But the big stage doesn't know what to do with these two. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Um, and got a comment here, never thought of, uh, never thought about adding a layer to Neville's character is a good point. The only problem I see is Lana towering over Neville. I think, see, that's the thing. I think that the very fact that Neville is a smaller guy, I think that him just kind of being, you know, uh, starstruck by Lana, I think it fits both of them. I think, you know, Lana just kind of, you know, showing a crush on Neville would, I mean that that would just bring so much pops to Neville because uh, people are already liking him, but he doesn't have a character. I think Lana would actually put him mo- over even more, and then Lana, you know, choosing Neville, smaller guy, but still has some type of you know uh, likeness to him, some type of attraction that'll help you know Neville you know gain some confidence. I think Lana and Neville as uh, a a tandem would definitely be awesome. All right, we got, as far as the X Division Championship, we got uh, two um, two answers. We got uh, Saban and Daniels. Um, the correct answer is Chris Saban. So congratulations, Chris Saban is the correct answer. Rusev entering promo, we talked about Lana and um, Rusev. Wyatt defeating Dean Ambrose, you know, Wyatt just getting some steam uh, because of Ambrose getting shoved by Jamie Noble. Um, And, of course, that was just going to lead, you know, there was promos throughout the night of of Ambrose uh, and and Rollins, and we're going to see that. Kid and Cesaro defeating Noob Day by disqualification, and Xavier Woods come out. New Day attacks Cesaro that leads into the tag team elimination chamber, which uh, all the participants came out. Lucha Dragons, Los Matadores, Ascension, primetime players, um, and then primetime players gets the you know the the last I guess the the last moment um, and celebrates and does their taunt. Um, I, I'm happy that there's six teams. I'm happy that there's a, a team in each pod instead of just having you know. Uh, three teams and six pods that wouldn't have made a difference that wouldn't have made sense at all but now since it is actually six teams and a team and a pod I think that it could be intriguing so uh, if if it was just three teams I was totally against it but now since it is actually six teams I'm buying into it a little bit more just because we've never seen one you know in the 13 years that the Elimination Chamber has been around we'll 12 and a half years that the Elimination Chamber has been around, you know, it, we've never seen a tag team one. So it's intriguing in that sense. So I'll give it to them. And I'm excited to see exactly how it's going to pan out. And it'll be different. It'll be okay. I uh, Elimination Chamber, for me personally, was never that big of a, of a thing. It was more of like a gimmick. Whatever they want to do with it. The tag teams, yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm going to watch the pay-per-view on WWE Network. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's going to be okay. However, I think that the the tag team division inside that, it's very, 
very intriguing on my part, and I'm just curious to see how he's going to come out on top. I mean, New Day obviously has the hype behind him. You got the Cesaro and Tyson kid. Keep that in mind, and just uh, I'm kind of looking forward to it, Chris. I mean, obviously, that's, I'm really uh, thinking this could be a, a new wave as far as the tag team division goes. So I'm yep. I'm really psyched for this, actually. I I agree. All right, so we can have enough time for Flip of the Week. We're just going to dab into it, it seems like. Um, we'll just talk about Cena and and, and uh, Owens. I think that that was a fantastic segment because it gives – for some reason, it seems like the NXT is not translated over to the casuals yet. I mean, we see NXT people getting over – you know when Neville debuting the, the the Raw after you know WrestleMania was a a good idea because a lot of those people that that you see are diehard fans that come out from all the way you know all over the world, uh, so that was a good way of inter, uh, debuting Neville. But the NXT champion, you know Kevin Owens, it seems like you know the Regina crowd was not very familiar with who he was, and so it was a good way to really kind of have an invasion type of feel to it and i think that you know the very fact that he you know had an advantage over john cena his first time on a wwe main roster i think that's a statement for nxt it makes people want to watch uh the nxt live uh, uh, event tonight unstoppable and uh it's it, it makes people want to um really invest in the product of NXT. And I think that just having some type of, uh, the fact that that was quick, it was a surprise, it destroyed the U.S. Open Challenge, it made the NXT title credible because because Kevin Owens didn't even want to accept the championship. That was, it was, oh, A-plus, awesome segment. And, you know, most likely Kevin Steen is not going to win an Elimination Chamber, but the very fact that he made the statement and is going against John Cena on his very first pay-per-view match on the main roster, absolutely awesome, awesome work there. It's a win-win for WWE because they own NXT. I mean, they go hand-in-hand. I love the invasion part of it where you see the NXT uh, characters come out and do their thing. I like the NXT championship belt better than I do the WWE championship belt. I love the, the giant X in the middle. and I mean, it's absolutely wonderful. I love the idea of that. It just kind of gives you that underdog, let's keep rally behind this person and push them. So, I mean, we've had that the past few months now, and so it's, we understand and we get it. But uh, NXT is still... Um, it's still just kind of being discovered. But it's going to be something. It's not like TNA, where TNA's TNA. It's NXT. The WWE owns it. They're going to be coming out doing run-ins. It's still not, the, I wouldn't say competitor yet, but it's getting awful close. And I kind of like the idea of it. Absolutely. 
We talked about uh, Dolph Ziggler and Stardust with the Lana uh, part. Roman Harper defeating Zack Ryder and Fandango. That was a waste of time. Nikki Bella defeating Naomi by DQ. And we talked about Paige coming out. And then you have Seth Rollins' Appreciation Night, um, which really kind of cemented Ambrose as a world title uh, number one contender. Had his hand in the center block and the chair. And then, you know, of course, Steph said, you know, if you let him go, I'll give you a title shot. Kane, you know, J&J Security and Kane, you know, they jump uh, Ambrose. Um, so Rollins pedigrees Ambrose. The pedigree looked a little bit better on Raw, at least. But, yeah, uh, Ambrose versus Ambrose versus Rollins is definitely a filler match. You know, people will get into it, but I want some suspense, man. I'm I'm not – there's no part of me at all that believed that Dean Ambrose would get the strap, you know, at Elimination Chamber. That's what we need as a main event for the World Heavyweight Championship. And like we're saying, it just seems like they're just filling people in the slot, you know, just to set up for Lesnar and Rollins, which eh, not a big fan of. I definitely think that uh, the match will be good, but it's not. It's it's so predictable to me. Yeah, it's predictable, and everyone knows it's going to be filler because again, we like we mentioned before, it's, you've got to fill time before SummerSlam. If they're going to throw characters in there, you know, this week, you know, Dean Ambrose. In hindsight, he's an awesome contender for the title, but he's just not going to get it. They're not going to give it to him. Seth Rollins just has to kind of keep fending off foes until he, you know, does his major thing. SummerSlam. Somehow it'll probably end up on Roman Reigns. You know, Brock Lesnar will be in the mix. If they do another three-way, that's fine. But again, at the end of the day, I just want to—I want to build up to be absolutely perfect between two people, and uh, they just—they just duke it out and do the best they can. But. Filler. That's they're going to get over the summer. That's wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. You just you're going to get the best, the cream of the crop when uh, they're ready for it. And it's you're going to have so much filler in between them. Enjoy the filler because it, it can make or break people. Dan Ambrose. Yeah. I don't think it's going to hurt him too much, but I mean he's going to he's he's earning a paycheck and he's making everybody happy. I love to see him. Everybody wants to see him. He's a believable character. But again, he's not. Uh, they're not going to put the strap on him. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, sadly, I don't see it. I just don't see the WWE uh, putting. If anything, maybe a, just a filler down the line, possibly. But yeah, I don't see anything coming from this as far as you know making Dean Ambrose you know, some type of star or something like that as far as a main event guy. I, I If anything, I see him having this moment and, you know, going back into uh, the mid-card scene coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, flavor of the week. Let's get into it real quick. We have uh, 2002. We're just going to name all of the 2002 to 2008 winners, and then just some takeaways on how we feel about uh, which which one was our favorite winner and uh, which one was not our favorite winner. So Flavor of the Week coming up.
it is now time for the Flavor of the Week! 2002 was the very first Elimination Chamber match. Um, and the winner there was Shawn Michaels. I remember he he kind of he left his gear somewhere, I guess at home or on a flight or something like that. And he had some type of weird brown, like just hurried, hurried, uh, hurried up brown pants on with like some cowboy boots and end up winning. It was a really good uh, chamber match. Uh, the second one was uh, SummerSlam of 2003. Triple H won. Um, the participants in uh, the first one was Michaels, uh, Booker T, Triple H, Jericho, Rob Van Dam, and Kane. Triple H won the second one, defeating uh, Jericho, Goldberg, Nash, Orton, and, and Michaels. 2005, uh, New Year's Revolution. That kind of became the hub for uh, Elimination Chambers matches for a couple of years. Uh, Triple H won again, 2005. Um, and then one in, and then Cena won in 2006. That's the one that uh, Edge cast the chamber in. And then probably the uh, less, uh, probably the most embarrassing one was the one for ECW. Bobby Lashley won, uh, defeating uh, Show, Holly, Punk, Test, and RVD. Um, de- decent names there, but just uh, that that pay per view was just so awful. And then finally, uh, for this go-round, 2008, The Undertaker won uh, at uh, No Way Out, uh, defeating uh, Big Daddy V, Batista, uh, Kali, Finley, and MVP. That's probably one of the weakest rostered ones. So what's your from 2002 to 2008, what's your most memorable uh, Elimination Chamber match? I seem to remember the one with uh, when John Cena defeated Kurt Angle. I think that was oh six, I believe, two thousand six. Carly and I remember Chris Michael or Chris Masters, Shawn Michaels and Kane. Again, elimination chamber was never that big of a thing. It kind of reminds me back when the day when they had the scaffold matches, and it was uh, scaffolding was interesting. And you got the elimination chamber, which is kind of interesting. I just. It never really sparked that big of a, a thing to me. Like, you win the Elimination Chamber. I mean, they've had so many of them. It seems like Triple H usually gets the uh, the good part of it. But uh, with the John Cena defeated Kurt Angle and Carlito, Chris Masters, I mean, that really kind of solidified Cena for that much. Not that I'm a Cena guy, but uh, yes, for my one of my memories. And for whatever reason, I remember that one. But uh, probably because Kurt Angle put up a heck of a fight in that one, and I'm a lobbyist to bring Kurt Angle back in the WWE. Yeah, I would totally be a big fan of Kurt Angle versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 32, the last match between both of them. Absolutely. Uh, my most memorable one was the Shawn Michaels one. I, I, I think it was a great chamber match. The participants were awesome. And uh, I, I think that uh, it was just a back-and-forth match. Triple H was just a solid, solid heel at that time. And I remember he was feuding against uh, Shawn Michaels. They had their uh, match at uh, SummerSlam that year when My- Michaels came back from his, you know, 
back injury. He was out for four years, and uh, he came back and and surprise. It was a surprise. I mean, uh, he looked weird too because he cut his hair a lot. Just the, the gear was just a little bit <laughs> a little bit awkward. But uh, yeah, I was you know Michael's fan, and and I was really really happy that they had that. Uh, it was it was just an awesome match, and then my my second most memorable one was uh, the '06 one, the New Year's Revolution. Just the New Year's Revolution pay per view <laughs> alone uh, didn't last long, but uh, they they still decided to <laughs> have the Elimination Chamber kind of be the feature of that pay per view. I always wonder why they decided to do the New Year's Revolution pay per view. Anyways, it was like in, it was like puerto rico the first year um but yeah i mean the reason why it was memorable to me is when you know edge cashed in the um the first uh, money in the bank case and so you know that was uh really really awesome to to see that he had the case for from wrestlemania till then so it was like it was like nine months and so it was very very memorable so it was really awesome ladies and gentlemen um yeah, and I agree. Real quick, Undertaker winning the uh, Elimination Chamber was really cool too. The, like I said, the lineup was not very strong, um, comparatively speaking, but it was it was good as well. Uh, we have some good stuff going on next week. Stay tuned to the Crave Wrestling Facebook page as far as what was going on next week. We got some really really good stuff, and then it's also the Go Home Show to Elimination Chamber. Always, always, always a fun, fun time at Pancakes and Power Slams on this show. Subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, on, on excuse me, on iTunes. Uh, we're getting into YouTube soon, and we're also going to get the page started as well with all the uh, uh, all the uh, different uh, uh, episodes on there. So, thank you so much. I love interacting with you all. Awesome, awesome time as always. Be sure to stay tuned and tune us next week for episode 165. Until next week, uh, have a great week. Enjoy your week of wrestling. Daddy loves Elijah and Ian, and God bless. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit CarShield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at CarShield.com audio. That's CarShield.com audio.